morning, my friends, in this wonderful Wednesday morning. And it's a joy once again that we can continue our devotional in the book of Romans. And let me read to us our text for today in Romans chapter 6 or Romans chapter 5 or 6 to 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good reason. Or for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we talk about Christ's love towards us, it's an unfathomable love. It's indescribable, an indescribable love. We cannot describe this love. Here, after Paul mentioned about the love of Christ shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit as the cause that we will rejoice despite that we are sufferings. He described what this love is all about. Paul has zeroed in here Christ's sacrificial death for us, prompted by his love. He emphasized its immensity or depth by dying for us when we were weak and ungodly. Christ died for the weak and the ungodly. This sacrifice, therefore, was made while we were still weak, or this means we are powerless or helpless. This word comes from the original Greek word to imply something that is feeble or sickly. So we don't have really the power to save ourselves. We are very weak. We are sick. We cannot help ourselves. Moreover, he died for the ungodly. That's our description. We are ungodly. This is to mean we are filthy and wordless. means that there is no element of godlessness or godliness in our lives. There is just but wickedness and filthy and dirt because of sin. Yet, he sacrificed his life for, for us. Hence, no strength in us could earn our salvation. It was entirely offered on the basis of God's grace. At the right time. Paul reasons out a common sense point here. In order to highlight how this love is really deep and immense and indescribable for us, he has this common sense point here by having a comparison. He said that some people perhaps would be willing to give their lives for the sake of the good and a righteous person. In other words, it's possible, but it's rare that a person will sacrifice for somebody. It's a rare possibility, although we hear that once in a while. A person would be hesitant to die for others, which he found morally lacking, isn't it? Now, if I die and sacrifice my life for my mom or for anybody who is very close to me, for a sibling, I think that's understandable because we are very close. We are, there is the blood relationship with us. But think of this. Jesus died for the wicked. Jesus died for sinners. There's nothing, there's no reason at all that Jesus can get in you and in me that he has to die for us. He sacrificed his perfect life for us. That's the ironical part. What a contrast. Perfect 
to one which is filthy, godly to the ungodly. We deserve judgment because of our sin, don't we? According to verse 6, but why would God do such thing? Why would God would have to send His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to sacrifice for us? What good could He get from you and me? What good he, he, can He get from mankind? Yet, He did it. This act of God, especially the sacrifice of Christ at the cross, is too good to be true, isn't it? But it's true. We couldn't believe it. Now, when Jesus was here on earth during the time that he was tried by Pilate, there was this incident that Pilate made a political maneuvering in order to free Jesus. He said, "We it is our tradition that we are going to release a criminal. Who is going to be released? Is it Jesus or Barabbas? And I believe it was God's providence or providence that Barabbas was released and Jesus has to be crucified. Although it was a political maneuvering of Pilate, but the spiritual implications of grace and love are very evident. It's very apparent. We couldn't believe that Barabbas was freed instead of Jesus. It's unbelievable. What did Barabbas do? Did he do something? He was the worst criminal. Yet, at that day, he did not expect that he will be free. A picture of us that at one moment in our lives when we trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be free despite our, our sinfulness. It's not about what we do. It's not, it's not about what accomplishments we have, what good we have, for we have none. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Another example is the thief at the cross. Why did Jesus promise him to enter paradise or heaven? On what basis that he was promised by Jesus that today you'll be with me in paradise? Was there something good that he did? No. It was too late. Barely an hour or two or a few hours, he will die, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord promised him that he will be in heaven. The only evident answer in this scenario is God's love. God loves sinners like you and me. Although we could not explain this, but we have to believe this because this is the truth. Should not we be filled with wonder and awe all the time? So when we ask this question, what does this message of God's love, indescribable love of Christ mean to you today? Now today I'm addressing two kinds of people in this podcast, in this video. If you are not a believer, first and foremost, as yet, if you have not trusted Jesus Christ as yet, you belong to this group of people who have not yet decided to believe on Jesus. Don't waste this offer of Jesus, this free salvation. Don't despise his sacrifice at the cross because this is for you, because he loves you. What you need to do is to humble yourself, repent of your sins, recognize that you are the one to 
hung on the cross supposed to be. But he did it for you. He did it for me. And then repent of your sins and trust Jesus. Believe that what he did at the cross is the perfect sacrifice for your sins. Believe that what he said at the cross, it is finished. It is done completely that the payment for your sins are already covered. It's already done. When a sinner breath is last and he has not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as yet, the Bible tells us that he would be ushered into an eternity without hope, a hopeless end. On the contrary, if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he, that person who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will die into a hope that will never end. There will be no end. To, together, he will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he promised in John 14, verse 1 to 3, when he said, don't be troubled, neither be dismayed. Let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I should not have told you. I will go and prepare a place for you. Then I will come again. Jesus is still in heaven right now, but he will come again. And he will receive us unto himself, that where he is, we will be there as well. What a promise. Are you not excited that the Lord Jesus Christ promised that you can be with him forever? In that place, he described that prepared for us, prepared for those who believe in him. Now, if you're a believer, thank God that there was one moment in your life that you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and you have sincerely believed on him and you have a relationship with him. Because of his love, be motivated. Be motivated to worship him. Let's always be awed and have that wonder of this unfathomable love. As John said, we love him because he first loved us. Continue to meditate on his love. Continue to muse that in your hearts and in your minds so that there will be always that awe and wonder that we will not forget to worship and, and exalt Jesus in our lives. As Paul also said this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he pleaded with us. He said, I beseech to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by the grace of God, by what they did at the cross, that you and I will present our bodies as a living sacrifice. This life right now, every time we wake up, as we live this life, let's present this life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Let's not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind, that you, we may prove what is not good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Let's just focus on doing the will of God every day, for that pleases Jesus. And that's the only thing that will please Him, if we fulfill His will in our lives. Yes, He loves us that He died for us. What shall we return? What shall we we render unto this great act of God 
of sending his only begotten son and even Jesus himself of dying at the cross in order for you and me to have this eternal life. But we will offer our lives to serve him. Not only for today, but every day. By his grace, of course, by his strength, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Oh, may this always remain in our hearts. May this always reverberate in our hearts so that we will be motivated to serve him. Not out of compulsion, not of obligation, but out of joy and gratefulness. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for such declaration from Paul here that God shows his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What an unfathomable love, Lord, indescribable. Lord, may it be that there will be more people who will believe this and receive Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, Lord. Some of them are our friends, colleagues, even members of our family. I pray, dear Father, that we too will be able to receive this love, unfathomable, indescribable, and we will also experience the joy of having a relationship with Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.